How's it going, everybody? This is Andy McCullough from The Athletic here with Pedro Mora. Also from The Athletic, you are listening to The Scribes of Summer, a show about the Los Angeles Dodgers. Pedro, how's it going, man? What is up, Andy? I'm doing fine. How are you? Oh, good. Oh, okay. I have this tick where uh, I'm on the phone, right? And uh, when I call someone for, like, a story, first thing I'll say is, like, how's it going? And they'll be like, pretty good. How are you? And I'll be like, good. How are you doing? And then they'll give a more <laughs> extensive answer. Do you think we would enjoy listening to each other's openings, like the first two minutes of interviews we conducted? I think it would depend on uh, our head spaces. Because I think there would be times when we would find it very funny, and then there would be times when we just would feel sad. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I think I know what you mean. You know? I'd like to hear, I know you're working on one about a player who you might have mentioned on this, and I'd like to hear how you began that. It has really nothing to do with the Los Angeles Dodgers, but I've been having a blast doing this story. I'm doing a story with extreme 2010s baseball energy that I'm really, really enjoying. Anytime you can call Eric Wedge, you're having a good day. What's that guy up to nowadays? He is the head baseball coach at Wichita State. Oh, that's a good program. Isn't he like known for having the ass? Isn't that a thing? Uh, I think maybe. He was very nice when we were on the phone. Do you know who his pitching coach is? Uh, at Wichita State? I feel like it's a former pitcher that I heard of. It's a, it's a Wichita State alum. It's a former shocker. No, I don't know. Mike Pelfrey. Oh, wow. That's not who I thought. Your guy, <laughs> Big Pelfrey. Did you Big talk Pelfrey. to him too? Uh, I'm working on it. He's busy apparently. I mean, aren't we all? Yeah. Hey, the Dodgers, uh, they just basically win every day. Is that the, that's kind of what's going on still? Yeah, they're playing teams that aren't as good as them. So, like, the, <laughs> right. you know, and teams that are trading away the players that they do have. So, I mean, the Diamondbacks tried to close out a game yesterday with a man named Kevin Ginkle. Kevin Ginkle. To close yes. for them because they traded away the arch. And it's just... I'm going to read his stats to date in the major leagues. I'm going, to, I'm going to combine last year's and this year's, to be fair to him. He's got a 3.6 ERA, 10 strikeouts per nine, 4.3 walks per nine. All I mean to say is that he's an average big league reliever, and he's not a team's closer. You know, He's, he's not at all. He would, be, he would be pitching the sixth inning for the Dodgers if, if he was on the roster. Yeah, I don't foresee. I don't think he would be on the roster. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. He, I, I'm not, I can't whatever. profess to be an expert. I can say that he would not be in the, the first five roles in that bullpen. And uh, and that's the guy they went to to to, to close. And he benefited from a a, a lucky first uh, called strike to Mookie Betts. Took got into two strikes and then surrendered a game tying home run. It's not really a fair competition to have this man go up against you know the second best player in the world. Yeah. So the kind of the biggest deal going on with the Dodgers right now is uh, I would guess would be the promotion of Gavin Lux. Is that what you would say? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because it is, you know, one of the top five prospects in the sport was promoted last week, is playing mostly every day now, and it doesn't really feel like it's as big of a deal as it would be with any of the other top prospects in the sport. Like, if the Rays called up Wander Franco, I feel like it would be a bigger part of their deal. And, I mean, when the Giants called up Joey Bart. And, obviously, we understand why this is happening. The Do- I mean, why it's not as big of a deal. Because they're 28-10. and 10, Because he's hitting ninth. Because he's only playing as right-handed pitching. Because it doesn't necessarily matter that much if he succeeds or not. Because they have other second basemen they can go to. It is still a funny setup. I mean, yesterday was a year since his debut. And his his debut was a much bigger deal than, than, than this week has been. So, is it basically like he is kind of auditioning to be the... I guess the primary second baseman because that would be you know because they, they're going to see more righties than lefties. Is that a fair assessment of where things are? Yeah, I think so. The Dodgers started this season with Kike Hernandez as their primary second baseman, and Hernandez is not hit well at all. He had a great opening weekend, but since then his his OPS is around six hundred. 
just hasn't been good. Chris Taylor's been quite good, totally fine, but he's playing all across the diamond, and uh, Hernandez has been mostly a second baseman, and so essentially this just supplants him. The Dodgers face, the next six opposing starters are all righties, so Lux is going to start regularly here, and he has like probably 12, 14, 15 starts in order to, to prove they should go to him in game one of the playoffs. We'll see. And I guess, I mean, in theory, if he's not ready or if he's not hitting, they have plenty of other options. If he's not hitting, I mean, and I oversimplified it to say it's just Hernandez and Taylor. I mean, if he's not hitting, you can you can start Muncie at second, and you can start Edwin Rios at first, who looks like he can hit, or Matt Beatty. And so, yeah, they have plenty of options, but they still think Lux's 2019 season crushing AAA has not been forgotten. Tony Gonsolin is also back. He has given up a run, though. Yeah, do you think he's going to be a, the playoff X-Factor this year? <laughs> Have we, like, fleshed that story out in full on the pod? Okay. I'd be happy to listen to it again. It's not a long story. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. In my role as a uh, national baseball writer, a senior baseball writer for The Athletic, as part of our playoff preview last year, I was asked to pick a player who I thought would be the breakout star. I was just kind of trying to see who's a guy on a good team who people don't know about. And so I thought, you know, Tony Gonsolin, because he strikes out a decent amount of fellows. He seemed like he'd had some good uh, some good numbers. And so I wrote that he would be the my breakout star of the, the postseason. And we were at Dodger Stadium maybe a day later, and you just go to me and you go, you know he's not going to make the roster, right? <laughs> and I just was like, what? 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 <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's it. That's the story. I'm just an idiot. But this year he is. Likely, right. very likely going to. I mean, they they clear they they traded away Ross Rippling to start him, to allow him to continue starting, and uh, he really might be a playoff starter. And if not that, he is going to be in the bullpen. So he is in a much better position now. How would you assess like what Julio Urias has been doing? At the risk of like being rude, he is sort of a boring mid rotation guy at this point. That's kind of how I see it. Like he's totally competent. It's just that he does not dominate. I mean, Walker Bueller's stuff lately has looked really good. He's It's back to when he's been dominant in the past. Clayton Kershaw has been, you know, a compelling watch each time he started. Gonsolin and May, are, you know, May is kind of the darling of the internet. Gonsolin has barely gave up a run. And Urias is just this guy who's, you know, you know that when he takes them out, he's essentially going to give up a couple runs. He's going to walk a couple dudes. He's going to strike out a few more dudes. And he's going to go like five to six innings. More like five innings most days. But um, it's been fine. It's been totally competent, but not at all really exciting or compelling. He's the least interesting of the, of the starters in the Dodgers rotation this season. And I guess that in a way that feels like a disappointing sort of uh, thing for him. But it's also like 20... If you can have a guy who can do that 25 to 28 times a year that is incredibly valuable and it seemed like since he's come back from surgery that that's kind of what he was going to slot into as a number three number four type and that's basically you know if you get 150 to 180 innings of three to three five era baseball that's hugely valuable yeah exactly i mean it's it's just a matter of correcting your expectations he just turned 24 years old he has three more years of team control after this one and he has a three two seven era this season so it's just good. It's it's not fantastic. He hasn't thrown more than ninety pitches. He ha- he's you know only comp- he hasn't completed more than six and a third. But it's it's totally competent. And for this team, especially with the twenty eight man rosters and even twenty six going forward, that's you know completing five to six innings that if you're going to allow two runs a game is totally is worthwhile stuff. Kind of cleaning up the, the sort of you know Gonsolin coming into the rotation and Stripling being traded away. Were you 
surprised as I was at the prospect the Dodgers got back, that they were able to get back a second round pick from the 2019 draft in that Stripling deal? No, I was not. I mean, you look at Ross Stripling's career today. Like, we've talked about this on the podcast. He has performed, I think I've tried to compare him once to Marcus Stroman, and you laughed it away. The stats, like today, I'm going to read Stripling's career's, career ERA. It's a 3.68 in 60 starts at this point. With two more years of team control after this one, with the arbitration figure suppressed because he's been a bullpen guy for a lot of the time. I mean, if you think that he's a uh, if you think he's a league average starter for two seasons at well below market value, that's a huge boon to a team. So, given that the Dodgers decided to trade him away, I'm not I'm not surprised that they were able to net something significant. This is how they function, you know. This is how they this is how they keep the machine oiled. They could still have some value from him in, in the next two years. You know, the insurance that he yeah, would yeah. I guess the, the the two extra years of control actually, and it, it's not. I'm not trying to you know slight slight. You know, Stripling, I think I agree with you. I think he's uh, a very, very valuable piece. I was just more surprised because so rarely is does anyone trade anything, you know? And so uh, that's all. The extra two years of value, I guess, that, that makes sense. I mean, it's funny that the second best starting pitcher, you could argue, traded at the deadline was traded away from the Dodgers, right? <laughs> Isn't that just wild? If they win the World Series and, the, and, the, and they only traded away one of the best players traded at the deadline. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, this was a very strange deadline, and I think um, the more time spent analyzing it, the less productive your day is. I, th- I think I just, you know, trying to trying to extrapolate, you know, trends out of this one and things like that. I just, uh, you know, I don't know. It's uh, this was a weird one. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Manscaped has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. The premium Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, includes an LED light, and is made with advanced skin-safe trademark technology, which reduces nicks and cuts on your delicates. Plus, for a limited time, when you order the perfect package kit, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. The waistband is also super elastic to reduce chafing and rubbing. Pair these boxer briefs with their pH balancing liquid products like the Crop Preserver trademark and you're ready for anything. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC20. From the moose to the caboose, always use the right tools for the job. The boy they got, 20-year-old, he's a, he's a tall, strong lad who seems to throw real hard. <laughs> kind of a classic second Whatever round. will the Dodgers do with him. Yeah, 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 like yeah. A, just a, he, he's like a moldable uh, piece of clay that you, you look up in three years. And, um, and he's, uh, you know, I was looking at the 2016 third round, kind of a similar spot. And uh, Dustin May and Zach Gallen were picked, I believe, a few picks away from each other. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Zach Gallen is a guy. I don't know if you've seen him pitch much, but... He has a. He's um, the. He was in the Granky trade, right? No, no. He was in the Marlins trade with for. Uh, he's been traded twice. He was traded for Marcelo Suna, and then he was traded straight up last deadline in one of the weird trades that Mike Hazen's made with the Marlins for Jazz Chisholm, that shortstop prospect. Oh, oh, okay. that was like a challenge trade. Yeah, 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 very interesting little trade. And since then, he's. Um, I mean, he hasn't given up more than three runs in a start in, in his first twenty-three big league starts. He's been. Wonderful. Dustin May was a high schooler. Got there a lot quicker than than the expectation is for 
players of that caliber, uh, like drafted in the third round. You do not expect to see high school arms in the big leagues three years later. But Gallon is right on par. But yeah, I mean, Kendall Williams, you, you look at 2022, 2023. If the Dodgers player development machine continues to work its magic, yeah, and then all of a sudden they have another, you know, transitioning swing man and, and starter for, for years to come. So this weekend, the Rockies, the once and former challengers for the division crown will be in town uh they are below 500 so i think i'm going to lose that bet we made i think didn't we bet like would they finish the year over 500 when they were like five games up or something like oh, that? oh yeah, yeah 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 i think i did right. yeah that, <laughs> yeah that i makes forgot sense. i, for- I and forgot they lost what- like nine in a row <laughs> yeah i forgot about this thing called losing streaks they just don't have it they don't have it the thing about this season is that's so difficult to gauge is like there are many teams who are in the hunt, as it were, who do not have it. And who you look at their roster and you're like, who are the good players? You know? But because of the short sample size, it's like, well, I don't know. They're in fifth place. Like, maybe they'll probably be there, you know? But then, again, that's just the short sample size tricking you because very quickly, you know, a team who is not playing particularly well can win, you know, five in a row and all of a sudden be. There's very few good baseball teams in the National League. There's five teams with a winning record. And, you know, one of them is the Phillies who are 17 and 15. Yeah, I think the Padres might be the second best team in the NL. I mean, I haven't really seen much of Atlanta. The Cubs still have a lot of good players. You know, if Darvish is pitching the way he has been, that makes them kind of scary. And not kind of scary, but scary. But yeah, I mean, San Diego, I mean, I feel like we talk about San Diego almost as much as we talk about any other team. They're entertaining, and uh, it is cool to see, like, a plan sort of start to work in a way, you know? And then to see a team, like, be, you know, sort of aggressive is entertaining. Also, my guy Haas, 992. Yeah, I saw that yesterday. Meant to mention (laughs) that. Whoa, what's going on there? He's hitting the ball in the air, Launch angle, huh? Yeah, speaking of, you know, plans starting to work, the Padres and Clevenger's debuting against the Angels, which is, I think, the opposite of that, right? Plan <laughs> not working. Did we really think that was going to work this year? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I did I'm, not think they, they were going to be, yeah. uh, they were, they were going to be 13 games under at any point. No, no I, I guess I, yeah. that's certainly true. They have the fewest wins in the American League. Wow. Yeah, wow, they're like the they're like the worst team in the American League. Right? Well, you know who's so, been really bad is Otani. Well, yes, because he's hurt. No, but he's hit really poorly. Yes, he he's hurt. Hurt? Yeah, sure, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not watching closely enough to know whether that is is affecting it. You know me. You you know I've been on record with Otani skepticism from the beginning, and that just this was you know not going to work, and like it hasn't. You know, at some point, the organization you would think, would have to kind of step in and make a choice. Or Otani himself would probably have to step in and make a choice. I don't think he wants to be hitting sub-200. Yeah, I mean, it's very, very difficult to try and do both, especially when, you know, every year your arm hurts. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> I have not tried, but I can't imagine it would not feel good. I mean, Albert Pujols has been has been awful. He's probably had the worst at-bats of any of the league I've seen in, in the games against the Dodgers this season. Justin Upton's been awful and has a lot of money due to him. It's a dark situation over there. Joe Adele isn't hitting, which, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? He's 21. Yeah. You know, probably not ready. I wouldn't uh, even, like, make any judgments on that quite yet. 
Well, it's hard. I mean, you know, some guys come up at 21 and they're just ready, and other guys, it you know, takes more time. It just, it, you know, it's hard to like, yeah, as you said, it, it's 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 difficult to to put a to judgment on it, you know, because you want him to like this is such a strange season and he's not really getting the you know sort of uh, runway that he should be. Yeah, you know who came up and wasn't good right away, Andy? Who's that? Who's Michael that? Nelson Trout when he was 19? Well, that's not, right. He was not too good. Right. Next time he was really good. You know who came up and was good though? Fernando Tatis. Jeff Francoeur. Oh yeah, he was, wasn't he? He was on like on the cover of SI. Yeah, man. I think I remember natural. that like when I was in high school. Yeah. The natural, man. That's yeah, a famous famous cover. Very famous cover. Mm-hmm. Jeff Francoeur. Good guy. Good guy. Still still around Atlanta. Smiley, uh, the, positive. Yeah. yeah, just a nice fella. All right, uh, anything uh, important to keep track of this weekend uh, with the Rocks in town? I mean, I think, as we discussed, if you're interested in knowing what this team is going to look like come October, Gavin Lux's performance, especially this weekend in the coming games against right-handed pitchers, is going to be really important. So keep your eye on him. He has not had good at-bats to date. He is far too passive at the plate. David Roberts has said as much. He's had some really just oddly structured at-bats where he has not swung when he's supposed to swing in these recent games. So um, I'm going to be watching him. I recommend you do the same. Bellinger had issues like that in 2018. Uh, where his like his just like he would not pull the trigger on pitches that he very clearly should have. It was that was a thing that was real important that they had they had to fix after. See, I, do you remember that? Like he would just like he would just be like be taking heaters like down the middle sometimes. You'd be like that. That's the one you should hit. That's one of the most alarming things I think with a young hitter, like because the, the strikeouts you can accept. Yeah, yes, I do remember a stretch of that. I also remember like a lot of him just biting at the sliders. Yeah, well, it was a, it was a combo. Yeah, it was like he couldn't pull the trigger on heaters, and then he would be sort of like you know. But he also was able to correct it, and so you know there should be hope for for Lux. It's just sometimes that's really difficult to do in season. Yeah, yeah, Lux just had an at bat that really kind of rubbed me the wrong way, like just alarmed me the other night where where it was, he was 3 and 0 and then Jeez. and then there were he he was throwing three consecutive like like nothing special fastballs and he did not swing at any of them and struck out looking. And I could not think of the last time I'd seen that happen. A guy be down 3-0 and just not even not even offer and sit down. And every pitch was hittable. The, the the three one pitch was right down the night in the nitro zone. It was it was unusual. I mean, it's it's been twenty at bats. Like it's nothing to be. My reaction was not justified, but I'm just noting it here for for honesty's sake. Well, I appreciate that, Pedro. We always appreciate your honesty. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. We'll be wrapping up this series with the Rockies. Should be fun. Have a good weekend.